Good morning, Grace Life Church. Greetings. My name is Tommy Clayton. I am one of the pastors here, and in the name of Christ, I just want to uh, welcome everybody. The Bible says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God, and that's the culture of this church that we want to honor. We want everyone to uh, feel welcomed because they really are genuinely welcomed. And we actually have a, we have a, a tradition, traditional greeting and welcome that we do here every week. And I know if you're like me, when you get here, you feel rushed and pressured for time, and, and it, it takes you some time. There's like a tapering where you start to really sit still and get quiet and listen and pay attention to the words being shared. This is such an important greeting, and I want you to, to hear this and believe this because it's true. It's true of Christ. And it should be true of his church. So here's our traditional greeting to you. To all who mourn and need comfort. To all who are weary and need rest. To all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares. To all who fail and need strength. To all who sin and need a savior. To all who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And to whoever else will come. This church, Grace Life Church, opens wide her doors in the name of Jesus Christ and offers you welcome. And as you know, today falls on the calendar as a fifth Sunday. We get those about four times a year. And so we have designated the fifth Sunday in Grace Life as uh, kind of a Sabbath on a Sabbath, meaning we give our, our child care workers a break and, and we make this a family worship day. So that's why all the children are with us today. All the workers get a break and the volunteers back there, the ambassadors, and we're all together in one place worshiping God together. And we also do some, some special things on that day. We're going to dedicate some children today. And uh, Kyle Judkins is going to be bringing the message for us today. And if you have children um, who you want to give them something to, to do to help them follow along during the service, uh, Courtney Wampler has provided some, some bags out there. That's our gift to you. You can certainly take those for your children. Um, and I just want, I want to remind all the, the families with children today that it's okay. We know that uh, little children sometimes get restless, and I don't want anybody to be bothered by that and distracted by that. We expect that, we anticipate that, and we do our best to accommodate that. So this is a fifth Wednesday, fifth, Wednesday, fifth Sunday, so it's Family Worship Day. And to our guests uh, that are with us today, thank you for coming. We greet you as well. So I'm going to pause and pray, and I also want you to know this. We have been live streaming every Sunday on Facebook and YouTube uh, for some of our, our members and attenders uh, who don't yet feel safe coming back because of the pandemic, so we've been doing that to accommodate them. And so we're having some issues with our internet connections. So if you see Megan or I running around down here trying to get a Facebook Live, it's just us doing our best trying to make this live worship available to everyone at home. So I wanted to, to, to notify you of that. And if we're already on Facebook and YouTube and it works, uh, thank you for joining us. We miss you. We love you. We support what you're doing. And I'm going to read a portion of scripture and pray. And then Kyle, uh, not Kyle, but TJ and the worship team are going to lead us. I just want to read a really brief part of Psalm 73. It's one of my favorite psalms. And the psalmist uh, Asaph, he's struggling. He's looking around at what's going on in the world. He's struggling. He's looking at what's going on in his own heart. And he's struggling, and there's a breaking point in the psalm when he got better, when he found hope, when he got clarity, and it happened when he went to the sanctuary. When he went to the temple, and when he heard the word of God preached, he was around the, the, the saints, maybe he heard the Old Testament Torah being read, but this is what he says. When I thought how to understand this, his conflict, his trouble, 
It seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. And that's really the test of whether you've been to church or not. Not just how you feel. Emotions are involved. But did you get understanding? Did you gain clarity and understanding about the world you live in, your own heart, and how God wants us to live there? So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this fifth Wednesday. This is indeed your day that you have created, and, and it's for you, and we're for you. You made us to honor and glorify you and enjoy you forever, and we certainly want to do that today. Thank you for um, our friends, our guests who came today, and for those who are at home, and for our members. I pray that everything we do today would honor you. The singing, the conversations, the prayers, the preaching of the word, may you anoint all of it. May you be pleased with all of it, Lord, and may we gain an understanding and leave joyful and changed people. We pray all these things in the powerful and mighty name of Christ. Amen. Good morning, Grace Life. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys want to stand with us and worship our King?
blessing. Lord, all I want is you. Jesus, all I want is you. Wherever you lead me, whatever it costs me, Lord, all I want is you. Jesus, all I God, we just praise you this morning, Father. We just uh, we just want to come into your presence humbly, Father God. Just declare praises to you, Father God. This morning, we're going to be focusing on songs that we're not just going to be singing about you, Father God, but we're going to be singing to you on a personal level because that's where you meet us, Father God. We just praise you, Father.
personal testimony for a second. A lot of times I feel like there's so many different messages out there, what the word says, and a lot of times we get mixed up in this prosperity preaching um, where God's always good, and yes, God is always good, and sometimes the times are hard, and a lot of times people struggle with what that looks like and how we can still sing praises in the midst of the battle um, and still declare that, and sometimes it's not always good. Sometimes it seems bad, but we, to live in, to Christ and die is gain, and uh, I really want to share my testimony one day that's going to happen, and I'll be up here for two hours if that happens, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> but um, just from personal experience, guys, and uh, God is always good. And even when we can't see the, the final picture, um, whether that's in life or that's in death, um, God is always good. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
Father God, we just praise you. We just love you. We thank you that you carry us, Father God, and you provide for us, Father, in the struggles and the hardships, Father God, that we know what the end game is, whether that's life or death, Father God, that we know that the cancer patient that still has cancer, Father God, you are glorious, Father God. For the marriage that is failing and the husband or wife leaves, Father God, you are still glorious, that you will be glorified in some way, shape, or form, Father God, whether that is, in, again, in life or in death, Father, you are in control, and we love you, and we praise you, and we know that you have us, Father, that we are not living for us, but we are living for your glory alone, Father. We just praise you, and we love you this morning, Father. We just ask that you would be with Kyle as he brings your message, Father God, that you would just speak through him and fill him with your Holy Spirit, Father. We just love you. We praise you. Amen. Good morning, church. Happy Fifth Sunday. On Fifth Sunday, we um, try to include our kids because they're in here with us. And so we think it's awesome for the kids of the church to see um, some children participation. Um, so we have Dylan, and we'll be reading out of the Jesus Storybook Bible um, by Sally Lloyd-Jones. And the story is called Ten Ways to Be Perfect. So there they all were, grannies, granddads, babies, uncles and children, moms and dads, out there in the, the middle of the desert. They hide lizards from all the walking. They were hungry and thirsty and much, much too hot. We didn't like it, they said, in think. For all that mattered, because no one has taken a bath in weeks. Now remember, because this is something they forgot, God had done amazing things for his people. God hidden them inside a cloud and moved the sea. He set them free, but God's people still weren't happy. They didn't care about big being free. Wasn't it better than they were slaves? At least they had lots of nice food to eat. God do 
doesn't want us to be happy, they said. It wasn't the same lie that Adam and Eve had heard. All those years before, God had brought us out here to kill us. God doesn't love us, but they didn't know God very well, did they? Every day of our journey, God kept on showing his people how well he would look after them. If if they would trust him and obey him, when they were hun- hungry, God made the sky rain with food, bread coming down from heaven. What is it? They asked each other. They didn't know, so they called it, what is it? Which, of course, is a very good name for something when you don't know what it is. When they were thirsty and started to quarreling, God made water flow from a rock. Moses called that place quarreling because that seemed like a good name too. And still God's children didn't trust them, he said. They thought they could do a better job of looking after themselves, making themselves happy. But God knew there was no such thing as happiness happiness without him. So God led them to a tall mountain. God wanted to talk to his people and show them what he was like. He wanted to help them know him better and tell them what the special land he was going to give them. The whole earth belongs to me, God said, but I have chosen you. You are my special family. I want you to live in a way that shows everyone else what I'm like so they can know me too. God called Moses up the mountain. The great mountain shook. A thick cloud fell, thunder roared, lightning crackled. And God gave Moses ten rules called commandments. I want you to love me more than anything else in all the world. And know that I love you too, God told them. That's the most important thing of all. God gave them other rules, like don't make yourselves pretend gods. Don't kill people or steal or lie. The rules showed God's people how to live and how to be close to him and how to be happy. They showed, they showed how to life, how life worked. Best, God promised you always look after, to always look after you, Moses said. Will you love him and keep these rules? Yes, we can do it. Yes, we promise. But they were wrong. They couldn't do it. No matter how hard they tried, they never, um, they could never keep God's rules all the time. God knew they couldn't, and he wanted them to know, too. Only one person 
could keep all the rules. And many years later, God would send him to stand in their place and be perfect for them. Because the rules couldn't save them, only God could save them. Hello. Good morning, everyone. That was awesome. I think they should just stay up here and preach with me. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm super, super excited for this message today, and I'm very thankful that... Um, I'm extremely thankful for this opportunity to bring the word to you this morning. Um, Thank you, Tommy, for blessing me with this opportunity, and uh, I'm ready, and I'm excited. So, uh, Over the past year or so, my eyes have really been open to just how much God has provided for me and my wife and my family. Um, I'm sorry. He's blessed Sadie and I in so many ways, and he has provided for us in just the right time. Um, he, provided, he provided the money for us to, to purchase our first house in just the right time. Um, we were waiting for some money to come in so we could pay for the closing costs, and uh, it was probably about a week or so before, before uh, the closing date, and we still didn't have the money yet, so we were like... Well, should we wait? You know, did we make the wrong decision? But, and I was telling her that I just, I felt strongly that the Lord wanted us to get this house and then he was going to make it happen. So we trusted that he would provide and he did. And what's funny about that is we didn't even have to pay closing costs. We actually ended up getting money back. So we were just completely blown away by the way the Lord provided for us there. And um, he's provided for us with bringing us to this church and blessing us with you guys as our church family and uh, blessing me with different opportunities to serve. And I'm just extremely thankful for that and extremely just overwhelmed and, and blessed. And I just praise the Lord each day for that. And I'm sure you can think of some times where he's provided for you in just the right time where you look back and you say, Lord, thank you. you his timing is so much better than ours and he knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. Maybe you, maybe you lost your job due to this pandemic. Maybe you're struggling to decide you know, if you want to send your kids back to public school or not, and you need wisdom on that. Maybe, maybe you have some relationships that are broken, and you need a miracle to heal them. Maybe you face trial after trial, burden after burden, and you just don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And you can't help but cry out, Lord, where are you? And you're in desperate need of the Lord's provision in your life. And I'm here today to hopefully encourage you that, that the Lord is right there with you. 
and he is not going to leave you. He never left you, and he hears your prayers, and he hears your cries, and he will provide for you in just the right time. And the story we're going to be talking about today is uh, out of the book of Exodus, the 16th chapter, the first 12 verses, and um, we're going to be talking about the Israelites' journey through the wilderness after they were released from bondage out of the out of Egypt. After 400 plus years, the Lord provided them with the freedom that they so so long prayed for. And we're going to be talking about uh, uh, just four truths that we can rest in with God's provision. And the first one is that He is gracious, and the second one is that He provides exactly what we need. And the third one is that he is the source. And the fourth one, most importantly, is he provided our salvation. And as we dive in here, I want us to put ourselves in the Israelite shoes and think of ourselves as if we were the Israelites wandering through the, through the desert. And if we do that, I think we're going to find that we are not much different than they are. The way they are tired and hungry and cranky, that we're, we're exactly the same in, the, in that sense that Sometimes God provides for us and we're not exactly happy with the way that he does it or, you know, we wanted it done a different way. So as we, as we read these first 12 verses, I want us to put ourselves in their shoes. And uh, so let's dive in. It says, They set out from Elim and the, all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full? For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And on the sixth day they will prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it is the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling, your grumbling is not against us, but it is against the Lord. And then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So the first four verses, we can see that the Israelites are they're pretty grumpy at this point. They've been in the desert for about a month and a half now. They literally tell Aaron and Moses that they would rather still be in Egypt where they had food and plenty of water than to be where they are now. Now, remind you, 400 plus years they prayed for freedom. They prayed to be set free out of that bondage. And I'm sure they questioned in those 400 years, is God even with us? Does God even hear us? And once they finally were released from bondage, they weren't exactly thrilled with the way God did it. 
They wanted it done their way. And yeah, sure, they were next to the table full of food and water back in Egypt, but they seemed to have forgotten about the shackled hands and the shackled feet and the whips and the brickling and the constant hard physical labor. And oftentimes we want God to provide for us in our way, not his way. In those moments of us complaining in the way that God has done something, he still shows us grace and mercy and he provides for us. And I'm not trying to justify complaining, but I just want to testify of God's grace and mercy. And I've heard a lot of people say that in the Old Testament, God was just full of anger and wrath and judgment. And I read this story, and even in the very first book of the Bible, I just can't see that to be true because he showed mercy on us. When Adam and Eve straight up defied God in the garden, straight up defied him, he very easily, and he would have been justified in doing so, wiped mankind away. But he showed us grace and mercy all throughout the Bible and all throughout our lives today. And I know I don't deserve the things that the Lord provides me with or blesses me with, but the fact is, that's the beauty of God and that's the beauty of the gospel. We who are his children don't even deserve the title his children. He is all gracious, all merciful, all loving, and all powerful. And I try to remind myself, God doesn't owe me anything. He provided it all at the cross, and the sacrifice on the cross is everything that we could ever need. But the fact is, he continues to, to bless his children and show us just the kind of God that he is, just the kind of father that he is. And he is loving and gracious to us who are his children. The second point is that he provides exactly what we need. Now, while it may seem like he led them into the wilderness to die, it turns out that he did it and he was providing for them all along the way, everything that they needed. Now, the Israelites didn't really know how to survive in the wilderness because, like I said, they spent 400 plus years in bondage in Egypt. God provided what they needed, though, and he provided the cloud during the day to help block the sun and help give them shade. And then at night, because it could get pretty chilly in the desert at night, he provided them with the pillar of fire that would keep them warm, give them light, and give them comfort. And the Lord provides exactly what we need, and what we need may not always be what we want. I know that when I get hungry, I can get a little cranky, Okay, and all I want is a double quarter pounder from McDonald's with cheese, a large fry, a milkshake. But what I need is maybe something a lot healthier than that, maybe some broccoli or a granola bar or something. And the reason I need that, that is far better for me than that burger, even though the burger is very, very good. I need something healthier for my body. And the bread that came from heaven was very, very, very good. They said it was like it was made with honey. It was the best bread they have ever eaten, and that came from the Lord. And it is 100% better for us to listen to the Lord and trust him for his provision rather than listen to ourselves. I want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest. Have you ever wrestled an alligator? One guy has. That's awesome. <laughs> if you haven't, but you've changed a baby's diaper, you'll realize it's very similar because 
when you try to change a baby's diaper, they're, ah, get off of me, ah. They're going crazy. And you know that they need that diaper change. That's what's good for them, but they don't want any part of it. They don't want you to touch them. They don't want you to help them. But you know that they need to have that done because that is what's good for them. Or being young, playing outside, you know, and your parents tell you, hey, come inside, take a break, drink some water, cool down, get something to eat. And I know I remember not wanting to do that because I didn't want to stop playing with my friends, but, I, but my parents knew that was what was good for me. And then I'm going to relate it back to food because Tommy relates to movies, I relate to food. So it's, <laughs> if I, like I said, if I'm hungry, I get cranky. And if my wife's watching this, she's probably like, amen. <laughs> I get cranky and I want something good right away. I'll say, hey, let's go to Taco Bell. She's like, no, maybe you should eat something healthy. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And she's like, you're going to feel really bad afterwards if you go and eat 12 tacos from Taco Bell. And then I go and do that, and I enjoy it while I'm doing it. But afterwards, I'm like, oh, man, I should have listened to you. And then she's just looking at me the whole time. She's like, I told you so. It is 100% better for us to listen to the Lord because he knows what is good for us, and he knows what is right for us. And I want to make something clear that the Lord supplying our needs isn't just limited to our physical needs. It also applies to our spiritual needs. If you were to read down to verse 23 in the 16th chapter, it talks about how the Lord established the Sabbath day. And the Lord knows that we need rest, not just for our physical well-being, but for our spiritual well-being also. And the Lord provides peace for our souls that passes all understanding. Now, I wasn't going to share this, but I feel like I should. Um, a lot of you know the Lord has called me to be a pastor, um, and with that, I feel him leading me to pursue full-time school and eventually full-time ministry. And so with me doing that, that would require me to quit my full-time job and pursue school and ministry full-time. And obviously with that, when you quit a job, you don't take the paycheck with you. That stays there with the job. Um, so that could obviously raise some concerns. And and when I say this, I am not boasting about myself at all because this is straight from the Lord. The, the peace that I have is from the Lord. It is not from within myself. Because if this was a few years ago, I would be freaking out right now. But I am not worried at all how we are going to eat, how are we going to get money to buy diapers or whatever. I'm not worried at all about that. That seems like such a small thing compared to the bigger picture that the Lord has called me to. And again, that peace comes from the Lord. That is not from myself. I take no credit in that whatsoever. That is from the Lord 100%. He gets the glory for that. So the Lord can give us peace that passes all understanding. When we're in a situation and we have peace, when the rest of the world is like, are you kidding me? How are you not freaking out right now? You can testimony for the Lord. Just say, this is the peace that comes from the Lord. This is a miracle that only he can do that I cannot get within myself. And he is the source, which is our third point. He is the source of our provision and the source of our life even. And sometimes the Lord leads us out into the wilderness to get us away from everything so that we can be reminded that he is our source. We are not. We have the tendency to think, especially in today's world, they tell you, if you want anything, if you want anything done right, do it yourself. 
society is building such a uh, idea that that we're so independent and that we can we can provide for ourselves. We don't need anyone's help. When in reality, we've only gotten this far because God has allowed it. Notice that the bread that came that was provided for them didn't come via Uber Eats or DoorDash or the pizza delivery guy. It came from heaven, and the reason for that is so that there was no question whatsoever that the Lord provided for them. He is the source of the provision and the blessing. And what's funny is that the Lord didn't need to do that to prove that he would take care of them. He literally just performed so many miracles. If you read earlier in Exodus, he performed so many miracles to get them out of Egypt. And it seems like they just totally forgot about it. Said, is the Lord even with us out here? We know he just split the ocean wide open so we could walk right through it. But is he even with us out here? The Israelites seem to have forgotten that, and we do too. When the Lord brings us out of a situation, we seem to forget who brought us out of that situation. He is the source. He is faithful, and he'll bring us through situations, and he is the source of our deliverance, and he is the source of our freedom. And at the end of the day, the Lord brings us to points in our lives where we may hit rock bottom just so we can look up and be reminded that he is our provider and he is our protector and he is our deliverer. We can all think of a time in our lives where things have happened that only the Lord could have done. Things were provided that only the Lord could have provided. There was one time I got hit by a car. Before you feel sorry for me, I didn't die, obviously. And I was okay. But I was crossing an intersection, coming home from the gym. And uh, the little man on the screen was telling me to walk. But I was riding my bike. So that's neither here nor there. Anyway, I'm in the middle of the intersection. And this lady's in the turn lane. And uh, she's not moving. So I'm like, okay, she sees me. I'm in the middle of that intersection. And here she comes just and hits me on my, on my bike. And I go flying. And I may have landed on my feet, I don't know. For the sake of sounding like a ninja, I'll say, yeah, I landed on my feet. But I wasn't injured. I got up, picked up the bike, went to the side of the road and just sat there in total disbelief that I did not just get creamed by a car. Because if I had been literally two or three inches back from where she hit me, she would have actually hit my body and it could have ended a lot worse. She only hit the back of the bike, which like bent the tire or whatever. But anyway, that's... In that moment, looking back, there is God is 100% the reason why I was not splattered on the road, why I was not injured. And I look back and say, thank you, Lord, for providing my protection in that situation. And sometimes we need to be separated from everything to be reminded that God isn't just a genie in a bottle granting our every wish. He is the Lord of all creation. He knows what we need. He knows who we are on the inside. He knows what is best for us. And that's what we need to be reminded about. And most importantly, I want to point it all back to the gospel. He provided our salvation. And what's awesome about this story in Exodus is that we can see the gospel trickled all throughout it. We know the Israelites were in bondage for 400 plus years. We too were in bondage before we accepted Christ. They were set free not because of their own efforts, but because of the awesome miracle-working power of God. God did that. 
And we who are in Christ have been set free from our bondage of sin and shame, not because of our own efforts, but all because of the Lord sending his only son from heaven to bear our sin, bear our shame, be crucified on the cross, dead and buried, to be brought back to life after three days. God did that. God provided bread from heaven for the Israelites, and Jesus Christ is the bread of life sent from heaven. They are on a journey to the land God has promised them, and we who are God's children are also on a journey to a place that God has prepared for us and and promised us. And church, if there's one thing I want to leave with you today is a reminder that God is our provider, and he is Jehovah Jireh. He provides our physical needs, and most importantly, he provides our spiritual needs. And so when we cry out, Lord, where are you? We can truly rest in the fact that he is here with us. He is with us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. I want this all to point back to the gospel and point back to the cross, point back to Jesus Christ. And if you're sitting here today and you don't know the Lord... I just want to present to you the best thing that God has ever provided, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ. The Lord of all creation saw a creation so depraved and so broken and sinful and had mercy on us and grace on us to send his only son to a creation that rejected him sent his only son to a creation that rejected him and is just so ungrateful for everything that he has done for them to die for them so that they can, be, they can be righteous standing before the Lord. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be seen as righteous. And the Lord didn't look at us and say and see something inside of us that made him want to do that. He had pure love and mercy and grace on us. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the only way that you can get to heaven, the only way you can stand redeemed is at the foot of the cross through the blood of Jesus Christ. I want us to leave here today just reminded that the Lord provides for us. The Lord provides everything that we need, everything that he knows is good for us and that is perfect for us. And we just need to trust him, guys. It's obviously easier said than done. It's not always easy to, to trust the Lord because we can't see what's coming ahead of us. We can't see what's right around the corner, but we trust the one who does, who knows what lies ahead of us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I, just, I thank you for all the ways that you've provided for us in our lives, Father. I thank you for the ways that you will provide for us in the future, Lord. And Lord, most of all, I thank you for providing our salvation, Father. Thank you for having grace and mercy on us wretched sinners, Lord. I just praise you today for all you've done for us. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promise to never leave us or forsake us, Father, no matter how much we deserve it. No matter how much we just smack you in the face, Lord, you still love us. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that our righteousness only lies with the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. 
I thank you for everyone in here today, Lord. I pray that if they don't know you, Lord, that your spirit just... I pray that you just reveal yourself to them, Father, in a mighty way, Lord. I pray that everyone can be encouraged that you are our provider. You are our source, Lord. It does not lie within us. It is 100% based on you, Father. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray that you protect us as we go about our day, Lord. Um, I thank you for all the children. I thank you for all the children that read the scripture today, Father. Thank you. And help us remember that children are a blessing, Lord. They are a gift from you, Father. Um, We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. Well, as I told you earlier, this is Fifth Sunday, and it's a special Sunday for us. And in many ways, as I was thinking about uh, what this Sunday represents, the word covenant keeps coming to mind. We do a lot of covenant traditions on Fifth Sunday, and today is no different. And so I want to ask the families that are going to dedicate their child to the Lord to just make their way with their child to the front while I explain what we're about to do. This is a, uh, at Grace Life, we, we proclaim all that God has done in and through his son, Jesus Christ, not only to this generation, to us, but to the future generations to come. And that's straight out of Psalm 78. It says, teach and train the next generation so that they may put their hope in God. That's our aim, isn't it? That's our aim for this generation and the next, that we would train up young men and young women to put their hope in God and not to put their hope in anything else not to put their hope in any of the counterfeit gods and goddesses that are out there that are being offered to them. So uh, this is a time, a, a child dedication, where the body of Christ comes together. You guys can come on up here. Where the body of Christ comes together, and we make a covenant to the Lord and to one another to do just that, to raise up the next generation so that they put their hope in God. And we call that service a child dedication. It may seem a little formal, or traditional, but you know God loves covenants. He makes covenants with us. That's just a promise. It's a special promise between two or more parties. And so God loves it when we covenant with him and with one another. So this is a time when we publicly acknowledge that these children belong to God. And we're, in a sense, giving them back to him and asking for his help to train them up to know and treasure and follow Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. This is not a christening. It's not a confirmation. It's not an infant baptism. In no way are are we somehow saying that these children are, are, are rescued from their sin. This is a symbol of what we hope God will do one day. But you can only be saved when you consciously put your faith and your hope. You transfer your trust to Jesus Christ. So this is not that. Uh, this is just really symbolic. We are praying and teaching and discipling and disciplining them and loving them in such a way that we hope God will be merciful to them and that they'll turn from their sin, uh, not because of our good parenting, but sometimes in spite of our parenting, right? And that, that, that they'll trust the Lord. So covenants are wonderful things, and they're also uh, serious things. And I want us to think carefully about what we're about to do as a church family, because we have a few covenant ceremonies. You know, when somebody joins the church, uh, it's a covenant in a way. You're pledging yourself to be a part of the body of Christ, to be under the authority of Christ, to be under the leadership and the authority of the elders there. So 
Uh, I know a lot of covenants are empty and meaningless and trivial, and I certainly want, don't want this to be that way. I want everyone to understand why these children and these parents are standing up here. So, with that in mind, I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 5, uh, just two verses. It says this, When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow at all than that you should vow and not pay. So, <laughs> with that being in mind, I want to ask these parents, okay? And you can, uh, you can just verbally acknowledge this as, as best you can so everyone can hear. And we'll move quick here. Do you recognize your child as a gift from God, acknowledge the role you play as their primary disciple makers, and acknowledge your need for God's help and grace in that calling? Do you pledge to expose your child to the gospel often? Call them to faith in Christ and repentance from sin as God gives you opportunity. Discipline them as seems best to you and seek to demonstrate a transformed life in front of them? Do you promise to pray for your child regularly? Bring them to church consistently to hear God's word, fellowship and worship, and teach and read the scriptures to them at home? Almost done. Hang in there. Do you pledge to cultivate a tender, this is a, this is a big one, do you pledge to cultivate a tender heart of repentance toward the Lord when seasons of disobedience to your parenting call come? Yes. Do you then now dedicate these children to the Lord who gave them to you? And these children are, let me read their names so I don't mess it up here. This is Isla Amador, daughter of Isaiah and Megan. And this is also Perrin Wampler, son of Thomas and Courtney Wampler. Did I get, did I get that right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, and, of course, the Bible says that the spirit is willing, the human spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and there will, there will come times when we talking to every parent here today, when we fail, when we sin, we sin against God, when we sin against our children. And one of the things the Bible encourages us to do is what I said earlier, have a soft heart, have a repentant heart. And there'll come times when we need to, to sit our children down and ask their forgiveness as we ask God's forgiveness. And that's part of them seeing what the gospel does in our heart. It emboldens us to, to, to do what we've been talking about in this cultural series, to walk in the light, to be open to be honest, to be transparent. Now, I think sometimes the easiest place for us to put on an air is in our home, where we think our kids, we want them to think we never sin, we never fail, we never mess up, we never get angry, we never raise our voice, <laughs> right? No, they, see, they already see that, they already know that. And when we acknowledge that before them and ask their forgiveness too, I think there's great power in that. And that's part of what we're covenanting to do together. So now church... Because it does take a village or it takes a church. I want to ask you some questions. Um, and I want you to respond too. This is part of the covenant ceremony. It goes back and forth. Do you commit to these parents and their children to do what you can to help them see the glory, majesty, power, and mercy of God by praying for them, offering your time and service and ministry to them at Grace Life, encouraging them and holding them accountable? Well, then let's dedicate these children to the Lord. And I want you to join me as I pray for them, for their parents, for them, and for us. And then I'm going to close by reading uh, 
the blessing of Aaron from Numbers chapter 6. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for the precious gift of life. We believe it begins at conception, Lord. These children belong to you. They are precious. You love children. You showed that in your son's life when he came to the earth and he blessed children. He, he touched them. He held them. He spoke with them. He gave them time and attention. And they were wonderfully and magnetically drawn to him, Lord. And children will be drawn to us when we act Christ-like. Would you please help these parents, Lord, and help us covenant together to pray for the salvation of these children, to discipline them, to train them, to, to tell them the story of the gospel over and over, to demonstrate the, the transforming power that that message and the Holy Spirit has in our lives, Lord, before them, and, and to ask for your help, for you to open their eyes, to see the beauty of Jesus, for you to soften their heart to repentance and confession, Lord, and grant them to believe the message, Lord, and to follow after you. We, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to read the blessing of Aaron from Numbers chapter 6, and then they'll be dismissed to go to their seat. Here we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a hand for this. And we're also gifting them some of the Jesus storybook Bibles that these children read from earlier. And we've written a letter to these children for their parents to read and to read to them when they're old enough. So thank you, families. Well, before we dismiss, I have a few announcements uh, that are really important this week that I want to read to you. Uh, as you know, this is the, the time of the year that school is launching tomorrow, I believe, for Volusia County. So there's going to be tons of students on this campus tomorrow. And there's going to be some, uh, some challenges and complexities with the pandemic. And so just remember to pray for the schools that are starting. And some of our families will be homeschooling. Some of them will be putting their kids in private school and some in public school. And some will be doing distance learning um, through a computer. So we're going to need a lot of grace. And this school is going to need a lot of grace. So remember to pray for them. And along with that rhythm comes us relaunching our community groups. And I'm really thankful and excited about the groups that we have for this year. In fact, right after this service, you can pray for some of our leadership. We're going to be doing some vision casting and some training and praying uh, about the community groups launching. But we have four groups, four community groups that are launching this week. And let me tell you a little bit about what goes on at a group. We believe that, that the rhythms of our church, the vision of this church is that we, we gather, we grow, and we go. That's our MO. That's what we see in the Bible. That's what we seek to live out here. And we do that on Sunday mornings. We're gathering today. We're hearing the word of God. We're worshiping. We're fellowshipping. So hopefully we're growing. We're being challenged and transformed. And then we're going, going right back out to the places where God has sent us to live on mission. But guys, we only get to do that two hours a week right here on Sunday. There's so many more opportunities to do that. And one of the opportunities that this church is providing for you is a community group. And we know the rhythms of your life are different and and diverse and various and so we have four groups two of them meet in deland one of them meets in orange city one of them meets in deltona and now one of them is going to meet online via zoom uh, to accommodate everyone's needs because some people just aren't comfortable being in a gathering now so i want to read to you the four different places uh, that these groups are going to meet and remind you that there is a sign up sheet now we're going to go to all digital sign up and you can certainly do that on the church center app and you can go to our website 
and sign up for the community groups, or you can talk to Megan or Diane about how to do that. Um, but for now, just to help us gauge how many people are going to go where, there are four uh, sign-up sheets in the back. When you leave here, you can put down which one of those interests you the most. You can do it by location. You can do it by day of the week they meet. Uh, but real quick, let me read. Southwest Deland is going to gather on Thursdays, and that's going to start September the 10th. So there's a group that meets in Southwest Deland on Thursday nights, and it's going to start September the 10th. There's a group that meets in Southeast Deltona. They're going to gather on Wednesday nights. Southeast Deltona, Wednesday nights, and they're going to start gathering on September the 9th. There's another group that meets in Southeast Deland. Southeast Deland. They're going to gather on Sunday afternoons, and that's going to start September the 13th. There's another group that meets in Orange City on Friday nights. Friday nights in Orange City, and that starts September the 18th. And then finally, there's an online Zoom if you're interested in that, and obviously those of you that are watching from home today, if you're interested in that, um, you can reach out to Megan, and I'm going to give you the information that you can email her or text her, and then we'll, we'll have a good gauge for who's going to want to go where. You can email her at grace, now wait a minute, it's contact at gracelifeflorida.com, correct? All right. Um, and then here's a few other now. So community group, you can sign up this Sunday. You can sign up next Sunday, and then we'll offer a digital registration, uh, and Megan can help you with that if you have any questions. But that's the biggest announcement for today is that community groups are launching. Um, and then here's another really important announcement. I know just the time that we planted this church and the, the counseling that we were involved in, we encounter many women and, and, and young ladies and even some girls who have experienced some form of abuse that leads to trauma, that leads to a whole bunch of complexities and challenges uh, in life. And so Melissa Affalter, you know, she works for Fieldstone Counseling now. She does remote counseling for them. And they have an incredible opportunity uh, that's going to become available in, I believe, in September. Is that right, Melissa? Starting in September 10th, in the evenings, September the 10th. And it's a remote opportunity uh, called Restoried. And it is a support group for... It's safe, it's biblical, it's Christ-centered support group for women who have been victims of abuse. Let me say that again. And if you know anybody that's not here today that would benefit from this, by all means, please, you can reach out to Melissa if you need more details, or you can go to the, uh, you can go to info at fieldstonecounseling.org, or you can go to our website, gracelifeflorida.com slash counseling, and you can spread that news, because I know there's a lot of women that are silently suffering and they feel trapped and they need the help that, that a restored group like this is going to be able to offer. So the cost is $199, but scholarships are available. You just have to let us know about that, about your need. So September 10th, restored group. See Melissa Affalter for details, or you can go to the fieldstonecounseling.org website or go to our website. Um, and I think that that is it. I think so. Well, why don't we stand to our feet? And we're going to say our charge together, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you for being with us today. We're looking forward to uh, all that God is going to do as school starts. This is a really strange and challenging time for our nation and really for the world. But friends, I just want to encourage you. If, if you read church history, it has been strange, dark, challenging, uh, highly pressured times like this that the gospel shines the brightest, that the world so desperately needs light 
and salt, and God has called us to be that. So that's why we say this charge every Sunday. Will you help me say it? I am a witness. I have been called to minister to my neighborhood in both word and deed. God has given me his word to equip me, his spirit to empower me, and his love to motivate me. I pledge my life for the gospel. God bless you. You have been sent. Have a great Sunday.